you've entered the gray area, the intersection of culture and technology. I'm your host, Angela Benton. So I'm here with Reginald Swift and um, I was about to call you Reggie. Like I know That's you fine. like that. <laughs> okay. So, so I guess tell us a little bit about your background and even a little bit about what you're working on now. No, sure. Sure. So Hello, everyone. My, my name is Reginald Swift. I'm the founder, CEO, founder of Rubits LS. We're a research and development organization specifically focused on bridging the health uh, outcomes between people of color mm-hmm. and scientific innovations. Mm-hmm. So and we do that in a number of different ways. We we specifically target both genetic, merging the genetics, merging the the you know, medical device development, merging pharmaceutical, merging mm-hmm. software, mm-hmm. all in an effort to produce lower cost interventions for people of color where okay. we can make things affordable for everyone. Right. Right. And and provide more of that fine tune therapies for people who may not be able to afford kind of the $100,000 ticket items. For sure. So actually, um, guys, we're going to do another episode with Reggie because... I have so much that I want to talk about and, um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, basically DNA and how, how in some cases your DNA data is getting licensed and sold. Um, so that's a whole other topic, but I really, before we even talk about that, I kind of feel like we need to talk about the different technologies that are happening right now in terms of gene editing. Um, and so I kind of wanted to jump off with CRISPR um, technology, which is well, I, I'll actually let you explain it. Sure, sure. So what what CRISPR is is a tool. Think of it as like a, a screwdriver or a wrench, mm-hmm. right? You have you go to a hardware store, you're trying to, you know, fits a a, a, a fridge or you're trying to fix a cabinet, mm-hmm. right? So you need a tool to be able to help fix it, right? And you're replacing the parts at the same time. So imagine you're doing the same thing for the broken pieces of a human DNA strand. Mm. So what, what CRISPR is, is a tool to allow you to remove a gene, make some changes to it, and modifications to it, and, and kind of insert that gene back into the DNA splice. Right, and so this is like if there's a gene mutation or something that has caused a disease mm-hmm. or something like that, um, people can use, or I guess, is it geneticists? It could be geneticists. It, okay. could, it could be scientists. It could be researchers. Okay, they can use CRISPR basically to go in, literally edit your DNA so that um, this is not carried on. And I guess you don't have, like, I, I particularly got interested in um, this when I was diagnosed with cancer and I had to go through genetic testing. Now, it didn't run in my family at all. Like how I got cancer was completely environmental, but it's still something that I pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, I, I think I saw a documentary. I, I, you guys already know I only like watch documentaries, first of all, <laughs> um, first and foremost. But I saw one documentary that was in regards to biohacking and they were using some kind of CRISPR like technology, but it was like real weird and seedy how they were doing it. It was like in a garage or something like that. It was really weird. Mm. Um and then I saw another one um where they were doing they were using a CRISPR like technology to basically um edit uh the genes of rats that were basically um 
some kind of public hazard in New Zealand or whatever. And so they wanted to make the rats sterile. And so they basically were injecting a certain number of rats. So when they repopulated, the rats that were being repopulated were basically sterile. And this is how they were going to get rid of the rat problem. Um, what was crazy to me about this is how this could actually be applied to humans. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, now I heard about your story about your cancer diagnosis. So, yeah. you know, thank you for being so open in in uh, in social media. Oh. You know, because I think when we hear those stories, especially from people of color, those are things that we, we never really hear from the doctors or the physicians right. uh, because there's always so much challenges with HIPAA and everything else yes. to really understand how do we actually design therapies for people of color if we're so stricken by barriers exactly so yeah. that that's a really great great point that so thank you for that oh no problem. Um, and, and one of the things that that i wanted to you know speak on is grinding mm. just what you were talking about with the cd garage mm -hmm. with crispr technology so um a lot of things that you may see now on like instagram is mm -hmm. grinding grinding is more so do-it-yourself type of biohacking where okay so that's what they're calling it yes okay yeah so it's like do-it-yourself type of biohacking where you're going to yes. inject yourself with uh some sort of serum or some sort of uh you know electronic or or mechanical method to yes. you know inter interface or interface with your body mm -hmm. uh, more times than not uh it, it is a lethal process mm. because uh you know you can research all the materials to see that which ones are biocompatible mm -hmm. ones that could actually interface with your skin and mm -hmm. not cause any uh intoxication or mm -hmm. toxicity effects mm -hmm. but when you you know are trying to create a specific you know let's just say i, I just saw one uh instagram video about um you know you flex your muscle and like a a, a camera comes out of your arm what? right that, that is a sort of biohacking that that is kind of okay. do yourself bio mm -hmm. they're trying to enhance themselves to be more like what you see on terminator right right where um people are sometimes doing that for fun but yeah. in more so in health and wellness people are also trying to increase their metabolism right mm -hmm. when they're you know many times who people who eat meat mm -hmm. you know Many of the times that the genes and the proteins from the meat mm -hmm. will get displaced into the, the you know, uh, biological centers of the human. For sure. This is why so, I'm vegan now. Right. Yeah, because my cancer was uh, triple positive. It was positive for estrogen, progesterone, and it was HER2 positive. Mm -hmm. And so my whole thing is like, where is my was my body getting all this extra, all these extra hormones from? Mm -hmm. So, so yes, many of the times it comes from like you said, the environment. Yeah. And many people are now are, are using even today's methods. They're starting to be cognizant of understanding, okay, what are the caloric intakes? Where, right. Where are they actually sourcing their food from? Right. Or where are their diets from? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not to say that too much of one thing is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just that you have to take it in moderation. Mm -hmm. That's not to say eat meat all the time. Right. That's to say, you know what? take locally sourced meat mm -hmm. from you know naturally grained naturally foraged right. uh, animals right. but not really the ones that are processed because processed have has too much proteins or has too much uh, injections antibiotics yeah. in it where people weren't built on on taking any you know um supplemental you know proteins that that aren't that doesn't belong to their body that doesn't belong to their bio right right so many of the times is that when they ingest something 
you know, there's no way for those proteins to, to go on, until they get to the kidneys or liver mm-hmm. so they can extract it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happens from there is that now people are, are understanding from that fact. They'll still want to eat meat, mm-hmm. but they're taking the sense of, okay, well, now let me take nutrigenomics. Mm. That's another t- form of biohacking. Okay, so now what yeah. is that? So nutrigenomics is being able to utilize nutrients and, and nutraceuticals like uh, vitamins yes, and everything else to, yes. to be able to enhance their their biological clock or their, right. their biome. Yeah. So they'll be able to say, you know what, we're going to get a pure extract of um, vitamin A or a pure mm-hmm. extract of calcium or pure extract of vitamin C or fish eye or fish oil mm-hmm. or, and everything else so they can enhance any sort of uh, metabolistic area of their body to make it, you know, just like a car. Right. You want it to operate at a specific range. Yes. Right. They want their body to do the same thing. I've been guilty of that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm like, I have so many supplements and like I, um, I was researching and you have to be careful with this, but melatonin, you know, obviously cause it's a hormone, mm-hmm. but, um, that is something that I have been really researching more because I'm a light sleeper. And I will have on occasion, maybe once a quarter, a nice, good, deep sleep. But sleep is very important because your body repairs itself. And so I'm I'm just like alert to a lot of these things because a lot of times we get sick because our body is run down. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, sleep is a part of that. So I'm definitely a, a um. What is it? Nutra what? Nutrigenomics. I'm into nutrigenomics <laughs> for sure. And a lot of people are. Yeah. And for some good reasons, because what they're trying to do is enhance their or leaning out specific free radicals that are in their body. Right. So they can may not have that predisposition to certain cancers or diseases. Right. They're really trying to lean out any genetic variances within their genotype. Right. To say, you know what, we we know that we have a history of diabetes right so we want to be able to now eat less sugar or eat more greens right you know or natural sugars right from you know locally sourced produce mm-hmm. fruits uh even foods mm-hmm. uh, that, that are in the neighborhoods and mm-hmm. and be able to say you know what we are going to have this type of intake at you know 1800 calories a day right right so they can be able to manage that cycle right uh, and then manage that metabolism right you know m- metabolistic cycle so right. uh many times what happens is that now, because we're in this new society where people are cognizant of their health, mm. everybody now wants to help everyone else yeah. at the same time. So you see yeah. on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on on Facebook, on on many of these social channels mm. of, of being able to prepare yourself for, okay, how to change your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing as CRISPR or Cas9 right. type of technology. It's like a lower level, it's, way lower yeah, level. <laughs> more of a lower level. Yeah, yeah. But it's more focused to help health and wellness. Right. When we talk about CRISPR and Cas9, that's genetic. That's now, Cas9 a, is what exactly? So it is a CRISPR. So it is a CRISPR associated technology. Okay. Nine strand where it's it's like a augmented version of CRISPR, but mm-hmm. just utilized for RNA variances or genetic variances okay so it's you know you have CRISPR that could do dna cas9 more rna and and switch proteins between you know both strands okay so now you're going to give me an education on this the i obviously know what dna is but what is the difference i guess between dna and rna so dna is is kind of your biological makeup like it tells you what you know your skin color your eye color rna is to tell you how 
biologically you break down uh, certain types of materials in Got your it. body. Okay, it's like the genetic code of, you know, if you're gonna get this type of cancer or yep. how you're gonna digest this type of food or how you're gonna understand to think. Okay, right? it, it, it's really based on those types of parameters. So it's more like a processor. Yeah, like yeah, processor. exactly. Okay. so think of like the computer. And you have your processor, yep. and you have your motherboard. Your right. motherboard's the DNA because yeah. it's the you know the structure of everything. Right, RNA, right. you know, and RNA is the actual processor unit. Okay, 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 cool. So um, another, so so you have kind of like the nutrigenetics piece of the biohacking mm -hmm. um, thing or grinding thing. Um, the other thing that I saw it's it is people that have genetic uh diseases but then it's also people that have transmitted diseases so the one episode that i saw was actually on somebody they were biohacking themselves and they had aids mm -hmm. and so they were trying to cure themselves and it was just um guys i gotta if i will after this episode i will try to find the link to this doc it's crazy but um they were trying to cure it and it had gotten cured in like a mice. They had like this laboratory set up in their garage and the mice like were cured of it or whatever. And so they were trying it on them. They were publicizing it. The thing about it that was crazy is they were literally like doing press it like the, and I don't even think this is legal. <laughs> they were doing press around how they had this technology and they were live streaming, you know, the injections and everything. It was it was really weird. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. Mm -hmm. And so apparently there's this whole ecosystem around people who have whether it's genetic or transmitted diseases, but they want to be cured of it. And they're taking matters basically into their own hands. Yes. Yes. So. I'm glad that you mentioned that. So, um, I'm sure to sure you heard Dr. Sebi. Of course, right? yeah. Uh, of course, everyone yeah. has, right? Yeah. And he 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 was teaching homeopathic ways to mm -hmm. get rid of diseases, right? That yep. that is a version of biohacking. Yes. Many people didn't realize it, but it's utilizing kind of natural resources of the earth and, yep. and food sources to be able to cleanse out your body. Right. So that is another way of biohacking. Yes. It's just more health and wellness. Okay. Uh, but he did target it more towards okay. We know that you have predispositions to these types of ailments. Mm -hmm. So eat these types of foods to make sure that you, you concentrate your body right. to always be aware and be able to absorb a lot of the nutrients that are coming in. Right. Right. Now, from these communities, right, where I, I've seen it as well, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not so much on, on YouTube, but like on Netflix. Yeah. And this, I think we saw the same thing then. I think so. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one one thing I want to pre preface it by is that the FDA is also looking at them as well. Yeah, right? they don't want them to make claims that a that this type of thing is going to be a cure because you know they will come down and for office of enforcement will mm -hmm. come down and and really you know uh, make you know really hold them to it. Right, and then you know they'll be fines, they'll be jailed, there'll mm -hmm. be a lot of other things that can happen. So mm -hmm. uh, many of those times where it's and we could go into the deep nature of kind of FDA and mm -hmm. kind of really cures that mm -hmm. are actually cures that are not. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when we see these biohacking communities that are that are there, um, many times they are challenged by the scientific community because right. they haven't prepared a scientific evidence based study mm -hmm. on a long term residual effect of utilizing that type of source, that type of injection, that right. type of serum, right. that type of intake. Right. So it can prove 
to say, oh, well, you know what? We cured AIDS. Right. We cured HIV. We right. cure, you know, Ebola. Right. We cure, you know, all these other things that have plagued us for, for all time. Mm-hmm. And um, here's the proof. Now, the FDA is cognizant that between big pharma and medical device and, and everything else, they've always taken precedence because of all the lobbying and mm-hmm. all the all the, the actions and activities that happen on DC in mm-hmm. the hill. Mm-hmm. Um I just happen to be a part of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I try not to be in afraid too right. much, but um I have to know what's going on so I can really direct my energy to help people of color in different communities. Sure. So when we direct um these communities of, of biohacking to mm-hmm. say, you know what, we're going to take a more homeopathic approach to discovering therapies for these types of ailments. Right. You know, for diabetes, you know, you could you could do a lot of ginseng and you could do a lot of, uh, you know, other activities to help lower your, con, you know, your, your conduciveness to diabetes one, type one or type two. Mm-hmm. All right. There's a lot of activities that can happen to be put in place right now. So in the interim, your kids don't have to get predisposed right. to it. Your right. grandkids won't have to be predisposed to it. Right. So there are ways where I've seen these communities, they really go regimented. They are mm-hmm. regimented mm-hmm. in uh, making sure that they eat certain types of starches mm-hmm. or they, they eat certain types of fibers. Right. Um, they eat uh, certain types of herbs and all natural types of plants mm-hmm. over the course of maybe a month or two months, maybe a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, they have proven mm-hmm. to say um, maybe some of the, the, the genetic variances or any cancerous cells does get depleted. Right. Because cancer thrives in a toxic environment inside sure. your body. Right. So you are able to eliminate that mm-hmm. or reduce it significantly mm-hmm. in your body then you can reduce the cancer cell effects that that can grow in your body. Right. So so what about when I guess biohacking goes wrong because that that's kind of what happened in the instance on the documentary with the guy with AIDS, but then also um I guess as we think about there's all of these great things that we can do with like you know, things that are from the earth and like herbs and foods and, and all of that stuff. But um, especially with, you know, CRISPR like technology and how that can be applied to um, animals, mm-hmm. including humans, um, it's it raises a larger question about who is actually con- controlling those technologies, right? And how right. they are getting distributed into ecosystems or societies. Very much true. You know, you bring up a good point. So when you hear, how do I want to say this? Because there, there's so much to unpack there, yeah. right? Uh, there's, there's a lot of areas we can go into. So when we talk about data rights and data, you right. know, just as you're doing for right. Streamlytics and everything else, yeah. there isn't a advocate in that space right now yet for mm. health data. Mm. A lot of people want to have open source health data, mm-hmm. but then it goes conflict with the HIPAA, right. some of the HIPAA, HIPAA statutes. Right. So what happens is that... Um, everything gets de-identified right. in, in kind of a, a virtual sense, right? Right. where uh, if we're going to share data, you're going to know that this is a patient who is uh, 30 years old, African-American woman, mm-hmm. you know, with these per- precursor uh, biomarker types. Mm-hmm. 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 But what what's happening is that um, when biohacking goes wrong, when 
you, for instance, do it yourself mm-hmm. at your your house and you know wherever you are, and then then you start actually getting side effects, right? You know because you're gonna get anemia most of the times. You know that's one of the side effects of uh, when you biohack too hard, right? Right when you you switch your body chemistry to say you know what I want to stop cold turkey eating meat mm-hmm. like today mm-hmm. and tomorrow I'm just gonna go all foraging. I'm gonna go in the forest and start killing people, you right? Know, you know just picking up things, yeah. That will your your body has to lean into, you know, the the changes, the natural changes that it has to happen. Sure. So it, it's like a cold shock. It's like almost taking like a cold shower for your whole body. Right. Right. And when many of those times that goes wrong, and then you go to the doctor and say, you know what, I am taking this home remedy approach or do it yourself. Well, many times they say, well, are you under direct supervision from a clinical professional? Right. Or right. or a physician to say. Pro- proceed we we know first of all give us is these parameters on which and why you're doing it mm-hmm. what's the health benefit right what's the risk you know there's a lot of evaluative factors that has to be t- put put in place Th- this oh. is true but even like when i was going through my diagnosis and stuff um you know I was my own health advocate too. Mm-hmm. I challenged, you know, my doctors. I did a lot of stuff on my own in addition to like the chemotherapy and everything like that. And so, you know, I do not to take anything away from like medical professionals, but um a lot of times I do feel like there's a sense of authority there as if, you know, they say, Okay, well this is what you should do and no one ever challenges it. No one ever says, Oh, well, why? or, you know, whatever else. And so you know, back to my earlier topic of not to say any medical professionals would do this or anything, but when you have certain um, health or medical technologies that may be in the hands of, you know, other people, not necessarily for malice, but just maybe with limited perspective, with mm-hmm. limited viewpoints, um, how that can really disrupt uh whole ecosystems i wanted to say economies but you know i do kind of mean economies especially when you're thinking of you know africa and like the continent and like different um health that gets um you know i guess penetrated into that mm-hmm. into that community like i think in that same documentary we were watching it was something around um, they were protesting to not use um, anything that was genetically in- engineered to cure malaria. Um, and that was a big thing. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. So um, one of the works that we did was, and we, we do a lot of you know stuff with the government, so we, we kind of can't talk about a lot of the stuff that we do. Sure. But uh, one of the things that we actually did was work with uh, Morocco and Nigeria and people of India for infectious disease. Mm. So um, I always like to share this fact because I think it's really critical and vital for people to understand, right? So for people to create like a malaria vaccine, mm-hmm. there has to be respondents to be able to test against it. Right. So that's conduct- that conducts a clinical trial. Many mm-hmm. professionals would conduct a clinical trial. Mm-hmm. Now, in since 1985, um, there have been about 2.1 million clinical trials. I mean, we're, we're talking about globally. Mm-hmm. Um, infectious disease has roughly about half or maybe a quarter of that, mm-hmm. or a third or a quarter of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, in all types of disease traits or disease clinical trials or, you know, infectious disease clinical trials, there have been only 10% that have produced people of color as respondents to a clinical trial. Mm -hmm. So where about the other 90%? Right. You know, where, and it's, it hasn't really been tested against, well, malaria we know. Yeah. Because that's something for, um, for a specific direct region right. uh, where it has occurred time and time again. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about other emerging threats, mm-hmm. we don't know any data that can support, okay, how are these people going to react? How are the um, you know people in Nigeria going to react to this certain types of um, drug or treatment option? Exactly. Because we never tested against them. Exactly. And, and this was part of the conversation that I had with my healthcare providers too, um, with the treatment that I had. I don't even know why I asked this question, but I did ask a question around, they were giving me some kind of data points around the study mm-hmm. um, of the results with a certain treatment plan that I have for my cancer. And I wanted to know how many women of color, black women specifically, um, and that's part of the issue. You guys can look. I did a whole podcast with the genetic company Color um, a few years ago during um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month where we talked about, you know, the, it, it's a very and also we partnered with Essence when uh, Vanessa DeLuca was the editor in chief. But we were talking about the issue with communities of color around trust and, you know, um, medical professionals, we can talk about Henrietta Lack. We can go in so <laughs> many, we can go in so many, so many different directions with this. And um, I really just kind of wanted to leave it there. And as you, you guys now understand why we are breaking this podcast up into two, because we've just talked, you know, for almost 30 minutes, just about CRISPR, biohacking, um, genetic engineering, and this is really kind of a foundation for, you know, the the second part of this podcast where we'll go, uh, I guess, a little bit more into detail around um, data and healthcare data. Um, but any last words on genetic engineering, genetic te- technologies? Well, um, here here's what I'll say about it. You know, it, it does show promise, but we know that it's still in the lab, right? right. As far as genetic engineering, mm-hmm. you know, biohacking and CRISPR type of identities should always be split up in two pathways mm-hmm. you know, because we have the actual foundational genetic engineering which will affect your dna your rna strands and then you have biohacking do it yourself biohacking that will change some of the gene expressions mm-hmm. but the genes will still be the same mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you know for dna it'll be different because right. you know if you have a protein strand that is predisposed to the BRCA gene right, right. You can be able to modify it and change it out. Yeah. Not so much for, you know, biohacking. Right. You'll be able to modify it into the, say, um, you'll be less predisposed to it because of other factors that may happen in the body mm-hmm. of, of whatever pre, pre proteins that are released. Sure. Um, but to to have that foundational understanding, that's kind of critical. Mm-hmm. What, what people should understand. Right. You know, and. I'm, of course, I'm an advocate for healthy eating. Right. I I want to eat healthier myself. Yeah. So yeah. I know sometimes I just eat too much tacos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, but I'm, I'm cognizant of you know how what I am doing plays a part of my my future health, for right? Sure. And, and being able to be there for the future. Yeah. Uh, for my kids and my grandkids. Well, and, and, what it's really about is taking c- control of your own health. That's really. right. Yeah. Yes. And data. 
will be able to support us if we are if we can manage our own data or can take our own data sets mm -hmm. you know we're, we'll be much more powerful than anybody realizes absolutely so on that note we're gonna wrap this was the gray area mm -hmm.